Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. In the Hebrew alphabet, in its more ancient form, the pictogram used for the letter H, which in Hebrew is hey, looks something like a man with his arms raised up. In fact, it looks very much like our ministry logo. We call him the worship man. It's, it's the little image of the stick figure with his arms raised up in the air worshiping. Of course, we didn't know that when we designed the logo by the leading of the Holy Spirit, but we later realized it. And I think there's a purpose in it because the fact that the hay represents someone who is looking up, who is beholding something. It implies grabbing something's attention. For example, the phrase, hey, when you try to get something's attention, it's very much encompassed in our act of worship when we stand there with our hands raised and our eyes up to heaven, beholding the Father, trying to get his attention. It's like we're standing there going, hey, daddy, pick me up. Draw me close. I am beholding you. I want to feel your love. And so I always find a correlation between the hay, the hay implying to strive for or to reach for something, to me, is a great explanation of what real worship really is. The Bible tells us to press forward towards the mark of the high calling, forgetting those things that are behind and looking forward. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus striving to hit the mark. Even when you mess up, you leave it behind you and you keep pressing forward. You don't focus on yourselves or your problems or your past or Satan who is behind you, but you look ahead at Jesus who is leading you by his voice like a good shepherd. And you strive with everything that is within you to please him, not out of a sense of obligation, but out of a sense of love and appreciation, because that's what love does. It desires to please and to reward and to strive for more. The Bible also tells us that we love him because he first loved us, and when we come to truly believe in what he has done for us, then we will desire, because of love, to be obedient. And when this desire comes, it is a wellspring of life so that his commandments to us are not grievous, but it is our joy to fulfill them. We have a driving desire. It's no longer a labor to keep law, but it is a desire to love him with all of our heart. Ultimately, that's what the Ten Commandments were given as from the beginning. It was a way meant to show them what it would look like to love God as a bride does to her husband. The Ten Commandments are actually more like wedding vows. The first five tell us what it looks like to rightly love God and to be in a relationship with him and him only to forsake the other lovers and the other idols and even the pictures of them obedience and allegiances to them. And then the second half tells us how to get along with his family. And if we read the verses leading up to the moment when he gave them, he said, I have saved you. I have pulled you. I've redeemed you. I've taken you out of Egypt. 
And because I have delivered you, you will keep these commandments. And I don't think he meant it in the aspect of, I have done something good for you, therefore you must do this for me. I think it was more in the aspect of him trying to say, do you not understand how much I love you, what I've done for you? And when you truly grab hold of that, then you will by nature, in fact, keep these commandments. And he was right. It's just that for most, that didn't come until the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because in what he did, we were finally able to see and to grab hold of the reality of the depths of God's great love for us. And when that happens, we can't help but to worship. Do we still fail? Yes. When we are first born again, we are born again as new babes in Christ and as dear children. We stumble and make mistakes. We have to follow his leading and learn new things every day. But because we love him, we don't run away or become complacent in that sin. If that happens, then I rest assure you, my friend, that you have begun to love something else more than him. But for those who keep their first love, the one that they love first, they will keep pressing towards the mark of the high calling. They will get up. They will say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Have patience with me. Please keep teaching me. And their lives, who they are, will continue to worship the Lord. That striving, that desire to do better is a byproduct of love. Now, that's not to say that we can earn his love or that we have to be good enough. No, not at all. He loved us even while we were yet sinners. He was willing to die for us. His saving grace is a free gift that he gave to us that we could not earn. But because he did this marvelous and miraculous thing for us, the natural byproduct would be to love him back and to yearn to pay back. Now we know that we cannot. There is nothing in all of creation that could be worthy of the price that he paid. But nevertheless... Your heart should still desire it in the same way that a child can't pay back their parents for all that they do for them, but yet they still desire to do something. So they go pick a wildflower or they give a hug. It's so small and so trivial, yet it means so much because it shows that they just want it to show their love. And God does understand this. The fact that we want, the fact that we try, I think brings him joy. The Bible does tell us, however, that we are to be holy as he is holy. We are to be faithful and set apart that because his spirit is in us and leading and guiding and directing us because that we are his bride, we will desire to become better daily. And that in and of itself is a true act of worship. When we seek to manifest the fruits of his spirit, to be more like him, him, our spiritual husband, to be more patient, to be faithful to him, to spend time with him, to abide with him, to love him and to love others, to forgive one another, to be giving and to be committed and selfless. All of these things are acts of worship to him. It's a lifestyle. It's not a song that we sing on Sunday morning. 
Jesus told the woman at the well that the time has come when the true worshipers shall arise, those that worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And then he said something amazing. He says the Father desires, he searches for those who do this. They worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes, in faith, in heart, and in action, and in deed. It's not just something that they believe. It's not just something that they speak. It's something that they are. We have got to get this in our spirit that worship is not really something that we do as much as it is something that we live. It's something that you are, that you are daily striving for. That sense of reaching out with your heart. One who worships is ever trying to give their attention to and grab the attention of the one that they are worshiping. Like that Hebrew letter H, that little stick man that has his hands raised looking up to the heavens shouting, Hey, is your heart reaching for something today? Because whatever your heart is reaching for, That's what you worship. So it's not about a song on Sunday morning or even a devotion a few times a week. It's about a heart that seeks and desires to be with the King. Yes, he does love when we sing, but that is not the only thing that is worship to him. The reality is this, that a desire to draw his attention and a desire to give him ours is the true essence of worship. In short, it is love expressed and desire manifested. So if we manifest a desire for things, for entertainment, for vainglory for self-attention for a person or a personality to be with them to be near them to give them our attention or to draw their attention then we've got to realize that we are worshiping them and if we are not expressing this desire and seeing it manifested in our daily lives and actions towards jesus then we have to question Do we really worship him or do we just sing songs and make an empty profession? Because Jesus himself said that on the final day, many will come to him and say, Lord, have we not done many wonderful things in your name? Even great acts of ministry. And he will say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. That word knew implies a intimate personal relationship as of that between a bride and her groom, a desire to be together, to give attention and to draw the attention of a reaching for, something that causes you to take some actions. A bride is not lazy towards trying to draw the attention of her groom. Yes, he loves us, and his eyes are ever on the righteous, but is he not worthy of our worship? our attention, our striving, even? Does it not bless your heart when your spouse or even your children desire for you to know that they love you? 
to know that you are the recipient of their affections. Even if they mess things up in the process of trying to express it, even if your children bring you a mess of a breakfast, does it not bless you that they tried, that they wanted to? Oh, my friend, get a heart of worship again for the one who is worthy of it. Even if you mess everything up in the process of trying to express it. It's better that you loved him enough to try. Than to waste your time. Giving your attention to everything else but him. Lord, forgive us for the times that we have failed to worship you the way that you deserve. Forgive us for the times that we have gotten distracted. Forgive us for not remembering that you are coming back for a bride that abides, that you said we will dry up if we disconnect from the vine. Oh Lord, let us remember that we do worship you with our lives, not just with our words and our songs and our Sunday morning devotions, but with the dedication and consecration of our daily actions through our love expressed and desire manifested in even the mistakes and messes that we make trying to show you that we love you, that we believe you, and that we will do anything to reach you. Oh, let us be a fool for Christ if it gets your attention. Let us sing and dance and praise and pray and endure and obey and put the idols away. Let us spend time with you every day. Let us desire to grow. Let us desire to work with you in the harvest fields, doing the work of the kingdom to the best of our ability, knowing that you will equip us and lead us and help us as we worship you in the beauty of your holiness. O Lord, let us not be desirous of vain glory, but let us desire to give you glory, for you are worthy of our praises. Lord, let our heart long after you, as the psalmist says, in the same manner that a deer pants after the waters of the brook. Let us hunger and thirst for your very presence. Let us recognize that it is the source of our strength and redemption. Let us not be burdened with cares and worries, but let us come with excitement and expectation. Let us grow and learn and yearn as we reach for your attention. Let us worship in truth and in spirit. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.